Welcome to the Rule for Combat Actual Play Podcast, where our intrepid adventurers are playing through the Pathfinder adventure, The Fall of Plaguestone. Join us every week as our daring adventurers face treacherous monsters and deadly obstacles on their quest to save a town from utter destruction. Lead on, listener. Your quest awaits. So as we left off, you managed to track down Howland, who you believe is the bad guy. But it sure looks like a bad guy because his house was filled with traps and nothing but traps. And then you found a secret passage, which was filled with more traps. And now you found a room. And inside this room are dogs barking. And Cade managed to just open up the door. Combat has started. And let me refresh what you see. As you are all inside of a short hallway with the marching order. Let's see. Cade, then Brixley then Prue, and then Celeste is up on the ladder. Like, she's just hanging on for dear life. And you're in this little corridor, narrow hallway, with a wooden door that is open. And you have an old wooden door swings open on rusted hinges, revealing a tiny room lit by a single flickering torch. Through the gloom, you see piles of small crates and more than a few barrels stacked up haphazardly on the south side of the room. Opposite you is a stout wooden door with iron bands. While on the north side of the room is bare, save for an iron gate set into the middle of the wall. The stench of smoke and damp dog hangs heavy in the air. As you opened up the door, you see the gate with the dogs barking is slowly raising up. And I have put you into combat initiative order. And Prue, who's way in the back, goes first. Okay. Um, now, Prue can't see any of this. You can but I hear the see... dogs barking. Lauren Sieg is playing Prue Frosthammer, the half-orc spirit barbarian. I'll say you hear and dogs barking. And Cade will announce the presence of mean puppies. Rob Tremarco is playing Cade Thistlerot, the halfling rogue thief. All right, get out of my way, and I'm going to step to the front. Okay, as you step through the door... You feel that the ground is awfully slippery, and you start to slide like you're on ice. Give me a reflex or acrobatics check, whichever you feel is better. I think both of these are going to end poorly for me, but I will do reflex. 21. That is the opposite of poorly. Okay. You manage to uh, gather yourself, and you're like, whoa, and it's slippery. You can continue moving, though. Uh, from here, I can do all that I need to. I'm going to mean mug this first dog down, and I'm going to use an intimidating glare on it. All right, so move, and now intimidating glare for seconds. Intimidate of 17. You stay down, little puppy. What is that against? Is it fortitude or will? I think it's against its will, oh, right? I should have had that written down. Yeah, against its will, DC. Vanessa Hoskins is playing Celeste Carvassalon, the human angelic sorcerer. Intimidation. Demoralize. All right. So you get it is against its will, DC. Yes. And since I have intimidating glare, it's not going to have any penalties for language. Okay. And you do that to the closest one. So it is frightened one. And the the dog who's barking looks at you and starts going... 
And then with my last action, I'll pull out my flail because I don't see this going well. Oh, you do not. All right, that dog is whimpering. It's just kind of whimpering there, and it seems a little uh, little scared. So it actually is going to go. Uh, it's going to go a little bit to the back. Now the gate is still going up, so the dogs can't get through yet because the gate's still kind of rolling itself up. So that intimidated dog sort of rolls itself to the back. Celeste is up. She has room to go down the ladder. Yeah, I think that's the first thing she's going to do is carefully go down the ladder and uh, sort of peer over top Brixley. Is the dog hurt? What's going on? Um, But she is concerned about dangerous things in this cave, so she's going to ready an action to cast Produce Flame on uh, any enemies she sees. These are obviously guard dogs, right? Not like trapped puppies. Oh, yeah. These dogs look like they are pretty gruesome like they have matted fur they're kind of dirty they are viciously trying to attack you and trying desperately to get through the bars they're not there to uh lick your face and make friends these dogs aren't our friends celeste so one of the dogs is trying desperately to get through the bars but cannot get through another dog in the behind is just like going back and forth and cannot get through as well. Kate is up. All right. Let's see what we're going to do. Um, so the gate is not all the way up yet, right? No, but it's going up. It looks like by the time this round ends, that gate's going to be up enough for the dogs to start slipping through. Okay. I will first move in. Okay. As soon as you go there, you also feel the ground slippery beneath you. So give oh. me... An acrobatics or a reflex save once you get there. As soon as you walk past Prue, you're like, oh, yeah. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Then I'll stop there if I have to. Oh, you still need to do the save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to. Uh, acrobatics is plus seven. What's my save? Uh, nine. Ooh, reflex it is. Twenty-four. Yeah, you're fine. You're like, uh, you're like, wee. You're kind of like sliding on the floor. It's like kind of fun for you. Okay. And uh, from there, I'll whip a sling bullet at the closest dog. Okay, they do have cover for the whatever. Slinging at the dog. What? Yo, bam! <laughs> Poor dog. The dog is dead. Oh! From one hit. You are mean. You still got another action. I am not mean. Uh, I will um, do this again. And even with cover, you killed that poor dog. Oh. oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's two attacks. You hit for nine damage on both. 1d10. Oh, wait. That was a minus. That's supposed to be a minus. Five. 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 Oh, in that case. And then whatever cover. Oh, uh, you totally missed. Oh, uh, well. It bounces off the, uh, the bars. Sorry about that. No for a split problem. second, you thought you hit it. But the dog just ducked out of the way and popped back up. You're like, oh, I killed it. Oh, I didn't kill it at all. Okay. Uh, I'm going to draw my rapier, and I'm going to also move into the room. Jason McDonald is playing Brixley Silverthorn, the gnome champion liberator. And I assume I'll also need to do a reflex save. Yes, you do, because right after you get past Prue... You feel the ground right there. You're like, whoa, ho, ho, hey, ho, it's slippery. 
There appears to be oil of some sort on the ground. Woo! That's not 22! You guys don't seem to have any problems with this ground whatsoever. So, yeah. And with my, third action, with my third action, I will raise my shield. So one action to move, one action... One action to draw a weapon, one action oh, okay. to move, one Got action it. to raise shield. The dog, who almost died but is actually still alive, is really, really angry after it sees its pack mate go down and is, like, biting at the bars and, and yipping at you. Yip, yip, yip. And is really angry. Prue is up. Um, the dog that's really angry and yip, yip, yipping, I'll go ahead and give him an intimidating glare. Oh, well, wait. In this round, the gate's fully up, right? The gate is now fully up. Uh, I'm still, I still have a hard time just instantly hitting dogs, so I'm going to use Intimidating Glare again. Ten does not cut it. You intimidate the dog or try to, and the dog ignores you completely. It's just angrier. It's meaner. It looks like you and it's like, really wants to go out. Okay. Um, if I move again, is that going to be another reflex? guess you're going to find out. Depends where you move to, doesn't it? I think that tells me that it's going to be another reflex. All right. Somewhere. uh, Somewhere. I'm not telling you anything. I'll spend an action to use the step action. So I'm only going to move five feet. Okay. That works. You see there is still oil on the ground to where you just stepped to in the southeast corner. And by stepping, you could very carefully manipulate on the oil without having to make a check. Ah, I did that on purpose. And I'm going to use my last action to put one more intimidating glare on the only alive dog that I haven't intimidated yet. The one way in the back. That is correct. Yes. 11 will not cut it. So you are failing in your intimidating glare today. And that actually is a minus. No, it's not a minus. Is it? No, it's not. But it's still you missed. You rolled okay. 11. I was thinking the trip. The trip is the. Yeah, that ain't going to do it. All right, well, the dog you intimidated is no longer intimidated because it's only frightened one, and that only lasts one round, so it's now back to normal. Charges up, sees the closest target, a very nice little Brixley, decides to take a bite out of crime, and misses. I'm not a criminal. I resent the implication. The dog doesn't know that. And the dog's going to try to bite you again, however. With your shield raised and your... Is that a 20 AC with a shield raised? Wow. Might very well be. It is. And uh, the dog bites up against your shield. Sorry, Mr. Dog. I'm not in here. Celeste, I'll say you can't really see the dog because they're small and it's kind of way in the corner there and it's dark. It's not dark, but it's like dim light in this room. So I'll say if the dog came down a little bit more, well, probably you'd also hit Brixley too. So that too. Oh, yeah, I went on a hit Brixley. Um, okay, well, in that case, she will creep up. Um, I'm going to take... Uh, Celeste takes a move action to move up to the doorway. And then she'll use... Oh, I can't I can't bring myself to hurt a dog without it, I don't know, trying to hurt me. That just doesn't seem nice. Hmm. Uh, how about if one of the dogs comes after her, she readies an action to use Produce Flame on it. So she's, like, cast it. It's sort of on her fingertips, and she'll, like throw the fire out at it if it comes anywhere close to her. You didn't see the dog try to bite Brixley? I couldn't see anything back there. What's? Maybe they're just angry. Just shoo them back in. Oh, what happened to that I've one? I've been yelling. They're attacking us. <laughs> I know, but it's, they're, they're, they're dogs. Their picture is pretty cute. They look like little like little angry Shivas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're not like the uh, murder bear we fought last time. 
Yeah, yeah. If it looked like a murder bear, I would try to attack it. This looks like little cute puppers. They're cute doggies. I forget one of the games. One of the games we played, Steve had the actual like smiling golden golden retriever just to make it crueler. <laughs> That's awful. I still have that picture. If you want me to change it out, I can do that. It's actually uh, a smiling. Go- it's us- so cute. It's It'll awful. give us all deep guilt and remorse. Oh, deep guilt and remorse are my best friends. Dogs smart smell the oil. They go around the oil because they're not dumb. Attacking Brixley. Okay, maybe the little dumb. Misses. Trying to. You are a tank. I I seem to be. Attacking Prue because they can't seem to get through. And that easily hits you, even with the what's it? uh, With the minus. Oh, it gets minus five. So that is what's your AC? Uh, seventeen. Just hits. Wait, nope. Actually, doesn't hit you. Damn it. Oh, I'm glad for that. Ah, wait, is it agile? Nope. So it misses it. Damn it. These dogs keep trying to bite you. And it looks like they're about to bite you, but then they don't. Every single time. Kate is up. All right. Um, let's plink off a shot at another dog. Really? Even though it's in cover, you hit it for 24 for seven points of damage. You guys are rolling, like, all high double digits. Now, that's the first action. Poor dog gets whacked right in the face in the second action. Really? <laughs> oh, even with a minus five, you kill that one. Ten points of damage? Ten points. It does 1d10. Stop rolling yep. tens and nines. Stop rolling. That sling is dynamite. Can't stop, won't stop. All right. Keep going. Are you going to go again? You have one more attack. Minus 10. Are you going to... Are you going to... Oh, come Let's, on. you got to... Crit form. Crit form. Let's do it. Oh, if you critical fail, I'm going to have you hit someone else. I'm going to have you hit Brixley. Here we go. Let's see. Come on. Go. 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 Almost critical fail, as that was really a seven. Um, but you uh, you easily missed by a mile. Brixley's up. He has a dead dog in front of him and a wounded dog trying to bite his shield off. Well, I guess I'm going to attack the dog... Um, actually, I'm going to step to the north so I can potentially attack both. Getting greedy. All right, you step carefully. There's oil still on top of you, so you're, you're okay. And I'm going to attack the one to my immediate right. Kill the poor puppy. And I guess I'm going to attack the one to the northeast now. This is crazy. The most magical sound in the world. Unless it happens to us. Either the best or the worst sound. That combat sucked. I didn't even get to do a single (laughs) damage. I didn't even get to do their pack attack. I'm angry. I mean, good job, Pathfinders. Yeah, you're supposed to be the neutral arbiter. You're not supposed to be rooting against us. I'm not rooting against you. I'm rooting for Four of the monsters. I'm not rooting against you. That's against you. us. No. No. I'm not against you. I'm just four monsters. If you're not for us, you're this, against this us. This sounds dubious. Yeah, pretty much. All right, let's check the room. Or are we kind of in a hurry to get out of here? There's four dead dogs as Brixley kills the last one. Sees its name collar. And on the collar, it has the name. Don't do Fluffy. it. Don't do it. Fluffy. Damn it. And then the one in front is Taffy. The one to the right is Snoopy. And the one to the bottom right is Stinky. 
Those are all my ex-dog names, by the way. Aww. Why? Why are you like this? What? I didn't kill the dogs. You killed the dogs. I just named the dogs. You gave them names. That makes it infinitely worse. Well, you got to need to know where them experience points are coming from. So when you go, oh, that's like an experience. So for killing, what was it? Killing Snoopy, Taffy, Candy, and Stinky. Is that the names? It, let's see how much experience points you got for killing your night pets. You're pro monster because you are a monster. 80 experience points. I'm, I'm, done, feel, I'm done feeling bad about this. I hope it was worth it. You got 840. Did, did we level? If we leveled, yeah. it was worth it. No, you did not level. You did not level. So Taffy was worth 20 experience points. Snoopy, 20 experience. Stinky, 20 experience. And Cookie, 20 experience. <sighs> Anyhow. Cookie's name has been Cookie, Candy, and Fluffy at this point. Oh, really? Cookie, candy. <laughs> I've had nine dogs in my life. Sorry, I've had 11 dogs. I've had a lot of dogs in my life, so I can't remember. Were they all 20 XP? Um, no, my dogs were uh, they were elite, so they were worth a lot. Anyhow, but they all end in E. It's, uh, let's see, Stinky, Snoopy, Cookie, Candy, Bitsy, Jemmy, Taffy, and now Zoe and Ruby. So there you go. That's a lot of dogs. All right. Who's up next? You guys killed your pets, my pets, and you're in a room, and it stinks in here. What are you going to do? Well, let's see what's in the boxes, right? You tell me. I'm not doing anything. You guys have to tell me what you're doing. Well, what is this slippery? Is it like, like, like flammable oil? Give me a perception. All right. 14. Yeah, you, you kind of like bend down and like look at it and sniff it. You feel it, and it looks like it is alchemical grease that was kind of covered in the floor. It's kind of like a grease oil, and it looks like those six squares, it looks like it was very, very, very recent. Like, it's incredibly fresh and very strong smelling. Then it means we need to hurry. Somebody want to check that next door? Yeah. Yeah, let's keep moving. We can always check, come back and look at the crates later if we need to. You need to make a save or anything? Well, you gotta, I don't know what you're doing. You gotta tell me what you're doing. Feet to the other door. You don't want okay. to check it for traps first. Wait, Kate. Why don't you I'm check not, it I'm for open, traps? I'm not opening anything. The I'm door is there. closed. The door is closed. Did I slip or fall? No, as long as you were going slowly. Yes, I go slow. Oh yeah, then you're fine. The only Carefully. area where the oil was is um. Oh, that ten foot square in front of the door. Yeah, that there. Well, that's wrong, but you get the idea. Close enough. Yeah, close enough. Okay, I will do the old. Listen, check for traps, bundle. Okay. Uh, I always forget to turn off. I'm just going to show all my rolls because I always forget to turn that off. You just don't know which one is the real one. Okay. All right. You uh, you don't think there's a trap there. Any locked? Is it locked or open? You try to open it, it's locked. I will pick the lock. All right. Well, that you get to do. I don't have to do that. You, do, you roll that. The door appears to be wood with reinforced metal bars. Fifteen. You hear a click, but it's still not open. You need to do it again. We got one tumbler. Twenty. Yep. Click. Sounds like the lock has been unlocked successfully. All right. While they're arguing about what to do and checking the door and all that, Celeste is going to carefully look in some of the crates. Okay. Carefully look through one of the crates 
and you get a 15 perception. There's a whole bunch here. The ones that you're looking through is empty. And it seems to have just like packing straw. And you're going to need more time if you want to start like digging through them because they're, they're filled with like straw. Okay. She puts a piece of straw in her mouth and starts chewing it. Okay. Tastes like stale dog. Ew, ew. She spits it out immediately. Okay. All right. Well, that door's unlocked. What are you going to do? I slowly peek in. You slowly peek in. Seems to open into a much larger room. Small hallway, about 10 feet. Goes into a room, but there's no light in that room. So using your halfling ways, you're able to kind of see what's in that room a little. I have a little little, uh, low light vision. Mm -hmm. Low light, but there's no light in that room at all. Okay. I, uh, I whisper back. It's a little dark in there. Do you have a torch? No, but we have someone who can cast light on a little pebble or something. You know, the pebble light method. Oh, oh right. Uh, Celeste grabs um, grabs like a little stone off the floor then, and she'll cast light on it and hand it over to Cade. I will take it, and I will flick it 20 feet in front of me. Okay. It lands more or less where you need it to go. Does anything happen as a result of that? No, you can see more of the room. And uh, as it bounces, you can hear it actually appears to be a large space from the echoes in the chamber. And in front of you, you can kind of see, looks like a ruined table and uh, a chimney in the corner. I'm going to sneak in. Let's move 10 feet in, peek around the corner. Okay, you sneak in. So in this room, it looks like a fairly large room. It's a chamber and... There appears to be, to the south, there's like a curtain. There's also a bed to the south as well. To the east, there's a ruined kind of table. There's a stove and chimney to the northeast. And to the far east is another room. And uh, in that room is, looks like a storeroom or closet of some sort. Okay. Um, I think I will hug the wall. And stay low and head south towards the foot of that bed. Real slow-like. Sneaky. Okay. You enter the living area, and it's a complete mess. You sneak ten feet to the south, and there's a cot. And as I said, in the northeast corner is a crude fire pit with a simple chimney that leads up from this room before connecting to the floor uh, above. There appears to be bits of trash and gear found, like, all over the floor. And this uh, area appears to be pretty well lived in. There is, as I said in front of you, it appears to be a larder or a uh, storeroom of some sort. And there's a curtain to the south, another 20 feet. And the curtain goes to the west. And then to the southeast, there's a there appears to be a little corridor. Do I hear anything? You hear absolutely nothing nothing so i look around and so it's quiet so what i'll do is i will go back to everybody whisper the situation have them come up into the hallway and i'll scout down a little farther stealthy i'm going to step i'm going to step into the room at least i'll step forward but i'm not going to go all the way in because i'm not very quiet okay and i will peek behind the curtain you're going to peek behind the curtain peek behind the curtain and immediately you get hit in the face with a stench knowing that this is the laboratory 
A little bit more than an open pit behind a curtain. From this map, that is a big open pit. He's got to really go. That's for big number twos. Well, there's other things around the laboratory. It looks like there's also garbage there, too. It looks like that is the general garbage for this entire living area. I will move to the east against that wall and peek down that hallway. Uh, and I'll now take... that he's getting down there, I'm going to move up a little more, too. Yeah, we'll keep the formation going. And I'll, I'll, I'll have the light stone in my pocket so it's not emitting light yet. And then I'll... Oh, well, it's pitch black, if I, then. If, if I need it, I'll take it out. Yeah, you need it, because it's like, this whole area is pitch black. So... I will do the same thing and chuck it 20 feet ahead of me. Okay, you chuck it down the hall, and that hall is... Well, it's a hallway that appears to be made out of a worked stone. And as you chuck it, it echoes for a long, a long time, and... It just goes to the east and then slowly snakes towards the north. And you just hear echoes. Okay. I will move in slowly, carefully, perceiving. Okay. And then I will uh, move in a little more, pick up and the you're stone. About 20 feet in. Yeah. And you see a passageway of work stone. It's not completely level, but it looks like that this was definitely worked for easy travel. Okay. Uh, at this point, I will sheath my staff sling and pull out my uh, short sword. Okay. Move in there, peek around. The corridor goes for well, ever. <laughs> it just goes off into darkness. Alright. I'll step back towards Brixley and say, look, this is the hallway's real long. This isn't just another room. It's a. It's probably his uh, escape route. Maybe we should hustle. Okay. Uh, I pass the word back to the rest of the team. I mean, what are the odds that he'd trap his escape route? Should we look around? Maybe I. Maybe there's some evidence that links him to to. Well, yeah, to the murder. It's probably. probably well, I mean, probably a smart idea. Check out the uh, the storeroom. Maybe maybe he has more of that poison. All right. So Celestial, since she's closest, she'll peek around the corner of the storeroom and kind of creep in and then start looking around. I'm going to check this bed air, this thing that looks like the bed. Okay. So you look at the larder and Celeste sees it's a simple storeroom. It's filled with scraps of meat. Sees uh, with a 20 perception, you look around and there's meat. There's a third of a wheel of cheese. There's a stack of turnips and a barrel of what seems to be ale, you think? And there is a crate of empty wine bottles in one of the corners. Get that cheese. If we've learned anything from Skyrim, eat that cheese to heal yourself. Correct. <laughs> I'm not going to steal a man's cheese. Uh, okay, he so... stole people's lives. We owe... He owes us that cheese. I don't, I don't think that's how that works. But if he did do something to Bort, uh, is there anything around maybe with Bort's symbol on it? Like, I don't know if he had a crest or something to indicate what was his goods. No. I mean, you have, can probably have to look around and, like, spend actual, like, time rather than just a quick cursory glance. But from what you can see, it's just a larder. I guess that's the question. Okay. Do we want to check this place quickly? And then try and chase him down the hall, or do we want to check this thoroughly and let him get away? How do we even know he was here? Uh, the grease was fresh, like it had just been applied before we came down. 
Oh, I missed that part. Well, then I guess we should chase him. <laughs> Rixley, on the other hand, you look at the cot, and right around the cot, you um, you find a strong box located underneath the cot. Oh, nice. Uh, Cade, I know you're familiar with uh, the sort of traps and devices. Can you take a quick look at this? Oh, sure. I will examine the box. Okay, you examine the box. It is a lockbox made of stout wood, banded in iron, and closed with a simple lock. You look into the lock, and sure enough, it is trapped with a spring-loaded spine near the keyhole of the lock. Alright, let's disable it. That is you. You get the roll. That is not secret. 20. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn it. I'm sick of these rolls. Be quiet, you. Don't worry. All these good rolls All these good rolls will run out when the fights start happening. Yeah, these are only temporary. I mean, we rolled well when murdering puppies. Right, puppies. Not like a boss fight. Disable device. Success. You disable the device. So, let's see. You are able to disable the spring mechanism, and it looks like it will no longer try to kill you. Good job. I am able to disable. I tell you, that poison was awfully awesome. So there you go. All right, I open it up. Oh, well, no, that's totally separate check. Now you got to actually try okay. to get the lock. The Avery check. Now this is fun, because if you critically fail, you break your lock picks. So pick a lock, two actions. You roll a 17. You do not successfully pick the lock. Mm. Try again. It's a little hard, this one. A little hard. There you go. Good. You you hit a click, and one of the cylinders is uh, turned. You need a couple more, though. Go again. Oh, oh really? No. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, gonna take a couple of a uh, couple of tries. This is a pretty. This is one of those lock. Schlage locks. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. You better quick key that thievery. I'm telling you right now. Thirteen Ooh. failure, but you don't lose any progress. You uh. We still have the one tumbler in place. Ooh, Ten. Ten. Well, you're trying to do it, and you're like, God damn this lock, and you hear a snap, and you're like, uh-oh. You broke your tools. You need to fix them using crafting to repair them or swapping them in replacement picks. I think I have replacement picks. Oh, I think you do too. I have crafting too. I can try to fix it for you just in case. That takes uh, I, a while. I, I, I hand the broken one oh, off. Okay. I'll get to this later. Yeah. You can look up crafting while uh, he's rolling <laughs> to see <laughs> what it takes. I think it takes a while. Like it's not like a it's not like an instant thing. Alright, we're 20. back at twenty. With the backup pick, he gets the second tumbler in uh in place. So good job. Still not open. Alright, alright. Hey. 26. Damn it. Uh, yeah, you um, you successfully finally opened the lock. Click. What do you do? I open it. You open up the chest. And Correct. inside of it, you find pieces of paper and a small bag. What's in the bag? Like letters or like scraps of paper? Both. Lots huh. of papers. Inside the bag, you find jingly jangly coins you find 21 gold pieces and 37 silver pieces excellent in this edition that's not a small amount 
Uh, that's like a fortune in this edition. Yeah, that's pretty good money. 21 gold and 37 silver. That's a ton. Yeah, that's a small fortune. He could buy a much better place than this. It's a retirement fund. Evil retirement fund. Um, are you going to look at the papers? Yes. Okay, you look at the papers. There appears to be a batch of receipts. You look them over. There's 14 receipts, as well as a scrap of parchment that lists each transaction along with a value of each transaction. Okay, Any so were these yeah. transactions to and from Bort, or other vendors, or both? Did you make a copy of the sheets? I do not remember. I remember you did not actually, you were not able to take the receipts with you, but did you actually make copies or do anything with them? I don't think we made a copy. I thought we had. I have a writing set and extra paper and ink. Yeah, I think we, took, we wrote down the relevant, like, Oh, there you like go. Figures, like, but not like a copy of the book. I remember when there was those mysterious transactions to H. I remember writing that those down. Then that's it. Or I thought I did. Yep, I'll say you did. And you find inside there's 14 receipts, and they do seem to match the logs from Bort's ledgers. And the transactions are slightly higher than those listed on the corresponding receipts from Bort. Looks like uh, he was skimming the books on some of these. Oh, okay. So Bort had something for, let's just throw a dollar amount, like eight silver. And instead he put 10 silver down and then so was like pocketing two silver. Yeah. So like if the receipt said it was eight silver, he put down in the book, it was 10 silver. Right, right. Um, Were these like really large uh, amounts or were they smaller amounts? Not just that he was skimming, but overall. They were about, oh, overall, each amounts. They, uh, yeah, they were, they were not cheap. These were, it looks like for member regions, I believe was what they were for. And they were anywhere from like five to 10 gold per transaction. So after 14 of them, it added up. Well, this isn't any new information, though. We already knew he was buying from Bort. Mm-hmm. I guess we can prove it, though. Anything else in there? Yeah. yeah now we look, can prove it, yeah. You look on the back of the transaction list, and there's a crude map. Well, hey. That's new. Yeah, it depicts a cave, uh, helpfully labeled hideout, next to a shape that might be a pond. From there, a winding path passes through a strange V-like shaped chamber before ending what appears to be a clearing with a tree stump labeled drop point. Strange. Do we think that we're in hideout? I think we might be in hideout. Give me some checks. Does anyone have geography lore? All I have is survival here. Survival can kind of do it too. Okay, I'll try that. I have hunting lore, but that's not the same. Yeah, my my heraldry lore is going to be useless. Same. A four on the die is always going to be useless too. Yeah, you uh, you have no idea. <laughs> it's it's too crude of a map to figure out what the heck you're looking at. Also, you don't know. There's a like a V-shaped chamber and there's a tree stump. Like none of that corresponds to anything that you're in now. So, well, I've got a sinking suspicion that we're in hideout. I can't confirm it. But maybe afterwards we can look for that. This is a hideout. How many hideouts can there be? Right. All right. Do we want to search through anything else here? Is there anything like in the fireplace? I'll go check the fireplace. Oh, there's tons of stuff. This place is a total mess. Yeah. But you said you were kind of in a rush, so. Uh, okay, you walk over to the fireplace. 
and the fireplace looks like it was fairly recently used. There's no fire in there now, but it smells and looks like it was used fairly recently. There is nothing there. There's no incriminating evidence that was about to be burned but didn't quite get burned? Nope. Uh, someone want to go check the uh, waste hole? Uh, that's no. That's a definite no. That's a negative. Yeah, not especially. I don't care how much magic items are in this poop hole. I'm not going to get them. Then that's probably why he hit something important down there, because he knew no one would want to check. Well, it sounds like you're offering to go look. I'll clean you up when you're done. I mean, I don't have to you touch can, you to do it, thank goodness. You can definitely go check check for poop clues. I ain't afraid of no poop. I'll, I'll peer into the hole. Okay. You notice that this is an open pit. And there are garbage all around this. There's scraps of moldy food and bits of junk in the corners of the room, as well as in the pit. Give me a perception check. Okay. These rolls just keep it better. The six ain't going to cut it, but the good thing is you can just keep going. You, you the, the smell overpowers you, and you're like, whew, and you can't really concentrate. I'll keep going, then. I'll, uh, I'll pull my shirt up to cover my nose. 15, that does it. I do like there's no take 10 or take 20 anymore. You notice in the corner there's some uh, small bottles, all identical, littered amongst the trash and in the hole. But you're going to actually have to grab them and take them if you want to look at them more closely. Uh, I don't like the way you said that. Uh, Maybe we should check them for traps. You don't think they're trapped at all. Oh, great. That's so convincing. All right. Uh, I probably won't die. I'll grab the bottles. You grab the bottles, and again, they're small, they're identical, and they all seem to have a silvery residue at the bottom. What do you do? Uh, I'll come show the others. Well, I found these. That uh, certainly ain't waste in the bottom. Yeah, there was hmm. lots of them, and in the in the pit, there was dozens of them. What do you think it is? Oh, so this is just a small sampling of what was in the pit? Yes. Yeah, there are tons of them in there. Hmm. Does it match the po- does it match the smell of the poison? Give me a perception check. That's probably not good. Eight. No, uh, the whole place. I accidentally inhale of- it. <laughs> yeah, this place still stinks of dog. You can't quite put your put your nose to it. Um. While they're sniffing the things, uh, Celeste gets an idea. She's going to cast detect magic. Uh, in Pathfinder 2, it works a little different, where it's just a burst, and it lets her know just the presence of magic or not. And any magic she's already aware of, she can ignore. No magic. Okay, she's just going to, like, check in the storeroom, go back and check in the other room where the dogs were, just, you know, pinging for magic, essentially. No magic. It's good to know, though. Well, what do you think about all those crates in the other room? Should we open them all up and check them? Well, probably. We've spent enough time that if he was running away from us, he's gotten away by now, but... As they said, no one really leaves Plaguestone, so he's got to be around here somewhere. Did take us a while to get into town. All right, let's crack him open. Okay, you start rummaging through the crates, and with a simple search of living, of looking through the living area, you find the following: you find a whetstone, a dagger, fifteen feet of rope, a hammer, two candles, and a coin purse. How many coins? You open it up. Yeah. It's full of spiders. Enjoy. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> it's full of venomous tick. You find two gold pieces, eight silver pieces, and 14 copper pieces. Ooh, another small fortune. That is all you find in this living area. Oh, is Prue going back to the kennel area and searching? Yeah. I'll start opening up the crates and doing a, a more robust search. Oh, in that case, give me an actual perception check because this is uh, this is going to take much longer because there's actually the crates are filled with straw and scraps of cloth. So you're going to actually have to start digging through them. You know how it is when you get something just filled with packing materials and you can't find what's actually in there. So give me a perception check, Prue. That, that's what makes me think it's probably important to do so. Well, either that or you break it by accident. You're like, what's in here, crunch? Hopefully a 15 doesn't break it. No, you're looking around and you don't find anything uh, in any of these crates, but you can keep going because there's a lot of them. I will assist. I mean, I will also search. Assistant gives you a plus Yeah, I guess if we're going to do this, I'll help with the search too. I'll yeah, do it okay. myself. Yep, certainly helping. Yeah, there's a lot of crates. So Cade gets a 17. Celeste gets a 20. Look at that. And Brixley pulling up the rear gets a 23 critical. Natural 20. <laughs> so this is what happens. Cade and Celeste, you are looking through the crates and you find two small vials forgotten underneath the straw. And Brixley mm. finds a small glass bottle filled with a murky foul-smelling brown liquid. That's poop. It might be poop. <laughs> really? Well, it looks like this was actually in a larger container, and this was a box. And the box had seven other bottles, which are missing. So this was the last one. It holds eight bottles in total, and this is the last one of those eight so there was eight and seven are gone and there's this last one so you found two small vials and one brown foul smelling liquid vial what are you gonna do um how can we identify this take it rafting oh boy so that that's a later activity then no you can do that now oh okay i have crafting i can take a look at it i don't think i have crafting so i don't have a lot of it but i have some all right, give your all roll crafting. It's actually a secret check. It's um, I'm looking oh. right here. You have alchemist tools. Do you have alchemist tools? Oh no, I'm not an alchemist. I I, I make like carvings and stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna say that this one is identify alchemy, and you need to have alchemist tools, uh, and you would be able to spend ten minutes using testing of the alchemist tools, and you could figure out what these items are. However, using your warfare lore, you might know what these two smaller bottles are if you uh, if you want to roll. I would love to test my warfare lore that I acquired from my time with the knights in Last Wall. There you go. Roll three numbers, and I will randomly choose one of them. Ooh, 15. That's pretty good. Well, again, two more, because with the secret. 12. Still pretty good. 16. Yeah, hey. you know what those are. Uh, that's two vials of lesser alchemist fire. That's what those are. Yeah, I recognize these. These are grenades. Alchemist fire. Interesting. That's what the silver ones are? No. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's, um, no, the silver ones you have no, you didn't look at those. The silver oh, okay. ones, the, you have no idea that a little bit of silver residue. 
the ones you found in this room are two alchemist fire. The silver ones are empty, and then you have the brown one, which you have no idea what that is. These could be useful. Which one of you wants to hold them? I guess I'd be willing to carry them. I just don't have time in my action economy for them, so... I can already create fire. <laughs> and she just makes flame appear in her fingers. I don't really have a ranged attack, so... Because I never bought a bow or anything, so it might be useful to have. All you. Okay. Alchemist fire is pretty cool. I mean, you basically throw it. It does 1d8 fire damage, 1 persistent damage, and 1 splash damage. They're pretty nice. So That persistent damage is good. Doesn't stink. As we found out earlier, persistent damage can be a killer. Oh, by the way, by discovering that map, you got an accomplishment. Moderate. So you all have another hero point. Yay! I have too many hero points. How many? Three? Two hit. Two hero points each. Oh, it's per session, right? Okay. Per session. So there you go. Well, I feel like this place has been thoroughly searched. Can you all think of anything that we missed? Yeah, you feel like you've gone through all the containers. You turn them over. You've dumped everything on the ground. You've spent quite a bit of time. And uh, I'll say you've spent about an hour here. And you feel like you've pretty much turned this place upside down and found almost everything. Or everything you think you can find for now. Okay, I'm ready to head out if you guys are. Let's do it. Yeah, let's go. Sounds good. So how about this? Um, Whoever, I will be, like, what's the radius of dim light for the light spell? Um, It's a 20-foot radius of bright and a 20-foot radius after that of dim. Okay, I I will be 20 feet ahead of the party, but the, the person behind me should hold the light or the torch or whatever, and I will be sneaky in the dim light. That's where I live. That's my do my business. You can just put the light on my helmet if you want. In the dim sure, light. Sure, I could do that. Or um, on your weapon if you had it out, I suppose. Always have your weapons out. It's fine. H- however. Ooh, I think it would look neat to make it glow. Otherwise, it's just your head glowing and it looks kind of funny. I'm just gonna stare at you incredulously. Um, although it would make it harder to see that horrible stare of yours. Uh, the weapon, I'm just going to put it on. I'm going to put it on your, on your weapon. Just stand still and just wait for you to finish. You have a um, mace, right? Or is it a no, ball and chain? It's a dire flail. Just a, the, dire biggest, flail. the biggest flail that anyone could be using. Okay, in that case, she'll put it on the head of the dire flail. So that as you swing it around the light, like... Intoxicatingly strobes around the room. It's like a murderous disco ball. That's fancy. All right, what's our marching order as we leave this place? Me, twenty feet in front of the rest of you. I'll go second. Okay, then I'll be. I'll probably just be step by step with you. Well, there's no reason because then we'll both get hit by AOE. So I'll just be right behind you. There we go. Cade, twenty feet in front. Then Brixley. Then Prue. Then Celeste. Bringing up the rear. Yep, sounds good. The rear with the gear. Okay. Interestingly, I was looking this up. Who has what vision? I have low light. I believe I also have low light. And Prue has low light. So Celeste is the only one that might have concealment. Yeah, she just has regular old boring human vision. Because in dim light, you have to do a DC5 flat check whenever you target an attack spell or other effect. So it's it's basically what it used to be. Now they just call it the flat. So it's still the 20% miss. But that's actually before you can even do it. It's not after, unlike Pathfinder 1, where you did it and then rolled. Here, it's like you have to roll and then you 
can't even like target like it's like i can't see him i can't see him so anyhow with that you uh you start traveling right is that what you're doing yes okay it's gonna take a while you very slowly travel down this path step by step inch by inch slowly i turn (laughs) exactly slowly you see that this area has been worked to allow for easy travel. Stalagmites have been cleared away in some spots. And there's even small wooden footbridges that have been stretched over pools of stagnant water. So you continue walking and walking and walking. Ten minutes have gone by and you're still walking. What do you do? Looks like there's still a fair amount in front of you and a fair amount behind you. Unless there's deviations, we're moving. Okay. You continue walking. We're definitely looking for, like, hidden passages as we go. Yep. Not stopping to check, but, you know, glancing right. around. That's what I'm saying. You're going slow. You're taking your time. Trying to be stealthy. So we'll say what probably would have taken ten minutes on a leisurely stroll is going to take you a good hour. Very, very slowly. You eventually arrive into what appears to be a large cave. That's a large cave? Well, you can hear the dripping of water, and you ever be un- you ever been underground? You ever do spelunking? You can just tell with your ears the size of caverns. So, so around this corner, there's a large cave, and since you have light, I'm actually going to put Kate back a little. What are you going to do? You can hear and kind of sense and smell a large cavern in front of you. I creep up. Okay, you creep up. Put yourself where you're creeping to. Creepy, creepy crawly. Hugging the wall. On the you wall. come across the big angry bear from earlier. Roll initiative. Surprise! Oh, no. He's got a big twirly mustache. He's the villain all along. The passageway opens up to a large natural chamber, the center of which is occupied by a pool of brackish water. Stalactites and stalagmites occupy much of the room, but the path between them leads around the pool and to another corridor on the opposite side of the cave. Yeah, look and listen. Need a perception check? Uh, sure. But you make that, right? Sure. Oh, your perception's really good. You listen. As soon as you start listening and looking around, a strange blue light, a glow, emanates from the pool, sending a cascade of shimmering light to the ceiling above. And you see the head of a giant blue snake rising from the pool. All of this you see, and it will give you a big initiative bonus. Roll for combat! Oh, if I... I'm using my stealth for initiative for this round then, right? Which means when I do that, I can, if I go first, which I don't, <laughs> looks like, oh, maybe I do. Um, you do go first. I would get, like, they're flat-footed against me, I think. True. So what you see is a very large serpent... It is a giant blue snake rising from the pool with sparks of electricity dancing between its fangs, while a metal rattle-tipped tail pokes out of the water behind it, audibly building up a charge with every flicker of the rattle. And as it's rising, Cade sees this. What do you do? The rest of you are fairly behind him. Does it notice me? I not see any of this. Oh, definitely, yeah. It notices you. It's ready to strike you. Uh, I'll say, if it notices me, then I'll say... You got company. It's a big snake with electrical fangs. One of those regular old electro snakes. Just like mom used to make. Alright, let's uh, do some fightings. Can I step there? Okay. 
say that's difficult terrain over there because it's uh, oh. near the pool. You can still do it because you're going first. So it's right. I'm just going to move, so I go first. It's right. flat-footed, mm-hmm. and also right. I have that special ability that's um, surprise attack. Creatures have an act mm-hmm. and flat-footed against me, so I get the sneaky mm-hmm. sneak time. Sneaky sneaks. Just sneaky sneaks. Don't kill it in the first hit. Please kill it in the first I'm hit. I'm going to kill it as soon as possible. Thank you. Don't kill it. Okay, well, you hit it with an Hold 18. Hold on, sneak attack. How do you keep rolling 18s, 17s? Oh, the first one. The first the one. The first one. And you do it for six points of damage, and then an additional. And then sneak for another d6. Three points of damage. I don't know how it's flat-footed in the water, but we'll say it wasn't expecting that. And it was like, huh? Flat-scaled. Flat-scaled. Flat, flat-scaled. Flat That's right. It doesn't have feet. So, um, okay. Well, good job. You got one more attack if you want. I will do it again. Okay. This one's a minus four, though. Minus four. But plus two to hit, right? Why plus two? Oh, because it's... Well, oh, minus how, two flat, whatever, whatever flat-footed. Oh, you hit seven points of damage. How are you rolling? There's oh your sneak. Yes! <laughs> well, it's not dead yet, so who uh, on you. Brixley, come save get... me, Brixley. Hey, save me, Brixley. All do you right. get sneak for the second attack as well? Do I not? Do I only do one sneak around or something? No, I think you get another one, right? Oh, I yeah, see. I that was the extra six. I, I got it there. You got six. Yeah, he did insane amounts of damage. Like 21 points of damage or something ridiculous. Brixley's trying to walk around. All right, that's my first move. And then I'll take a second move. Don't kill the snake. Kill the snake. Brixley, kill it. Kill it. And attack. Don't kill it. Don't kill it. The snake is really friendly. <laughs> kill it! <laughs> you're, oh, you're all the 11 for 17. You miss. It gets out of the way. <laughs> Slippery. Oh, well, I did not kill the snake. Prue's way in the back. I'm going to say he takes Prue. Kill the snake. Prue, kill the snake. Use some sort of murder charge. Yeah, I can't. Oh, no. No, you can't charge around corners. Yeah, I don't stuff. see it. Well, the way the charge works in this, there's a snake. The way the charge works in this is that it's just a double stride and then you attack. But I don't even see what I would be double striding to. Yeah, so, I'm not. There's no way you're doing that because it's around the corner into it. There's oh no, yeah, no. If you gotta be a straight yeah. line, then forget it. No, it. Uh, it doesn't here, have to be a straight line. I don't know what I'm gonna do, so I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do my first move. No, it doesn't have to be a straight line, but I'll say you need to have at least. Um, oh wait, here I'm gonna do this. Well, I'm just not going to do that. There. No, okay. I'm just trying to do it so you can see the movement. So you do it like oh, Okay. Pieces. Well, that's, that's 20. So, so I'll, do another, I'll do another five to finish it. Oh, that's 30. So. Oh, uh, well, then never mind. I'm going to end up double moving regardless. So I guess it's fine. Uh, I'm going to come in here. I'm going to see what's going on with the snake. I'm going to finish my movement and then use my last action to draw a javelin. And then my, my movement will leave me 50 feet somewhere. So let me see where that puts me. I'll just stop here. That's fine. Yes. Fallen into my trap. I mean, good job. The snake takes a step, if you will, to the south. And then unleashes lightning rattle. The serpent rattles its strange metal tail and unleashes a bolt of lightning in a 60-foot line. It goes through Brixley and then Prue. Both of you, give me a reflex save. Here comes full damage. 
14. You do not get out of the way in time for the lightning bolt. Brixley, give me a reflex 22. save. I did, 22. Oh, 22, I missed it. You get hey man, out of the way. It came exactly the same in time as Bruce. Right, right, I didn't hear it. You get exactly out of the way. Let's roll damage. 2d10. Are you god damn <laughs> oh. kidding me? Oh, man, that, that's like that's like a Hiroji oh. roll. That is a 3 and a 1. I'm using my hero point. What? There we go. There you can't we do go. that. You're not a hero. You're a villain. This what? is cheating. This is cheating, villain and I won't point? stand for it. Villain point? Blatant cheating. Two points on Brixley and four points on Prue. The serpent actually looks a little upset. Like, hey, that stinks. Uh, Celeste doesn't know what's going on. She just hears lightning crackling and sounds of battle way off in the distance. And then the disappointed snake. Oh, no. The disappointed snake. Wait for me. She's definitely going to be double moving. Oh, that's why. I'm not using the purple dice. I'm using the blue dice. Let me change the color of my dice. She's going to double move all the way to the back of the cave, far away from this snake thing, uh, and hide behind Prue. Uh, And then she's going to use her last action to put her shield up. What is that thing? Well, here's the fun thing. As you walk by the snake, it bites at you with this attack of opportunity. No! How sneaky, sneaky little snake. It sneakily jumps out, bites you, hits you with a 27. It almost critted you. That was five Uh, points of piercing damage and three points. 27 is a crit. What's your AC? 15. Oh, you're right. This is bad. I'm a squishy clothy. Oh, you're right. It is a 15. For some reason, I thought your AC was higher. Um, cool. Do you have, a, like, a magical reaction to, like, raise a shield or no? I mean, I could have, except that I was going to double move into the room. I didn't know it was there. Yeah. I mean, I, I did I did yell there was a big snake. Okay. You run towards your fellow oh, no. friends and are like, I'm coming to save you. The snake jumps out of the water, bites you, crits you, does 16 points of damage, which is exactly how many hit points you have. And you are now dying one. Dying two from a crit. Oh, dying two from a crit. That's right. You're right. Dying two. Luckily, you have two hero points. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Shh. No, no, no coaching. Um, <laughs> so it's still your turn. So now you think I would know this after just spending an hour and a half on dying rules with Mark and Linda. Let me see. The first thing is, she now goes to the um, uh, initiative slot just before the creature. That's right. So you initially you go right before the creature, so your turn is over. And Kate is up. You just saw that happen. It's a last now. <laughs> You're like, yay! Whoosh! Bite. Once bitten, twice shy. What do you do, Kate? There comes an attack. Mm-mm, Fourteen ain't gonna cut it, buddy. Here comes another one. Ugh, 15, 19, not gonna enough. Cut it. Mine, oh, minus, minus four. five. Minus four. Or five, four, four yeah. for you. And well, going to cut it. Let's one more for good measure. Maybe I'll crit. Snake is angry. Snake was angry that day, my friend. Oh. 
Wait, wait. 25, which is pretty good, except that's really a... Minus 8. 17, so not quite. Close, though. Brixley. Kill it, Brixley, kill it. All right, I'm going to go ahead and attack. Oh, yeah, Brixley. I guess I don't need to attack again. So I need to lay on hand. I'm going to move. Okay, we're staying in combat until she's out of dying. This, you, we don't okay, leave well, until uh, she's out of dying. Well, I'm going to move to Celeste, and I'm going to do lay on hands. Aww. How do you like that for out of dying? My hero. I think it fails. All in today's work. Okay. Now we're out of combat. Well, well, well. That was exciting. Um, Celeste is on the ground. She was at it for a few seconds. She's like covered in some singes and has a big, nasty bite on her arm. And she wakes up with Brixley over her. And she's like, what just happened? Then Angel... You have such a beautiful voice. Kind of a stumpy angel, but okay. What What was that? What What happened? So the snake died floating on top of the uh, the water and slowly sinking down. That the worst snake in the dinner. world bit ya. I'll fish that snake up and I'll keep it. That's definitely good eating. Giant lightning serpent. It's actually ten feet long. There was a, a, a snake, a lightning... I barely remember anything, but I felt like I was in this in this tunnel of light for a long time, and there was there was singing, and then one of the angels lifted me up off the ground, and well, here I am. That was really strange. Brixley is very angelic. His mustaches look like it's so. His mustache is so wide; it looks like wings. So curly. Actually, it's his ears that look like wings. Hey. Okay. <laughs> All right. So since the snake is huge, I'm just gonna hack off like. Like, a tube of snake, and I'll just keep that with me, and then we can keep going. A drinking straw of snake, if you will? Yeah, like a drinking straw of snake. Excellent. Uh, well, if we want to, we can spend, what is it, like 40 minutes to get four free lay on hands and heal up the party? Yeah, it's 10 minutes per lay on hands. I mean, I've got one more spell today. I can use that to heal us and speed up the yeah, process. But, yeah, but... We might need yours for, like, a boss battle, and yours don't come back like Land Hands does. And we're already an hour behind anyway. Might as well, right? Okay, so we'll spend time in this uh, soggy cave, uh, mending wounds with uh, medicine and magic? Sure. Oh, I guess if we're trying to speed up the process, I can use actual medicine checks to try and do this as well. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yes, minister first aid. That way I have a chance to critically fail and do more damage. Isn't that great? Yep. That sounds like a plan. Well, you have healer. Do you have healer's tools? I don't know if I did buy healer's tools, so we'll just skip it for now. I'll buy them later. And you can't treat wounds. It's actually treat wounds. You need uh, healer's tools to treat wounds. So you're like, I know how to heal you, but not right now. Yeah, later when we get back to town, I'll probably buy some healer's tools. There you go. For now, we'll just take our free 40 minutes of lay on hands. (laughs) Doing the cheap way. It might not take that long, but yeah, let's see. Well, because you'll be twenty minutes, and I'll be one. I'll be ten, and yeah. Oh, okay. Spend a fair amount of time healing, licking your wounds. What do you do while you're in this large room? Uh, search the water. Search the water. Inside the water, in the bottom of the shallow pool, you find bone. 
bones. Mm. Bones, you say? As being consumed by limestone that is calcified mm. around the skeleton. The skeleton? Yeah, it's a skeleton. Bones, skeleton. There's like a bone, there's like a corpse that's in the bottom of this pool of water that is turned to a skeleton and is calcified and is being slowly eaten by the bottom of the pool of water. Anything on or around the skeleton? You will have to go into the pool and search as it is a little dark. Wow, do that. he does. Whoa, he does not fool around. And this is way better than poop. You go into the water and you investigate it and finds a pommel of a weapon sticking out of the stone. That's interesting. I draw the sword from the stone and become king of Galarian. You try to draw it and it is really wedged in there. You're going to need a hammer and chisel to like take this out. Um, I think I've got something like that in my pack. Let me see. We did find a hammer in that last uh, Oh yeah, last we did. Place. Yeah, that's true. I don't think we found a chisel though, but if we could, I don't know, use something, right? Might be able to hit the rocks around it and break them up, perhaps? Should be able to do that. Um, meanwhile, Celeste uh, is going to sort of sit back, pull out her book, and start writing down essentially sheet music, uh, trying to remember the song she heard when she was unconscious. Cool. Yeah, I'll use the hammer we found, and like, you know, any of the, if there's a rock that I can hammer against that to wedge and pull the pommel out. Sure. It takes you about 20 to 30 minutes. I went down here for 40. Working through the limestone, and in doing so, you manage to recover a weapon of some sort. I pull it up and show it to everybody. This is a good time for detect magic. You detect magic, and there's no magic. Hmm. It appears to be a low-grade silver rapier. Hmm. Oh, I hand it to bricks. Interesting. All Let's... right. Are we ready to move on, then? Yeah, I'm ready. Yep, ready. All right, Cade, lead the way. Same as before. Low grade is just a general pricing parameter, so that there's basically three grades of purity for precious metals, low, standard, and high grade. And they they, they all have the same amount of, like, effect. Like, a low grade silver still works like high grade silver, more or less. It's just uh, the price of what it's worth, so... It's less pure to a jeweler, but the same purity to a lycanthrope. This is true. Could be very useful. Yeah, it's also what levels of magic you could assign to them. Like low grade is up to 8th level, and runes up to 8th level. Standard is up to 15th, and then high grade goes up to 20. So it's like you can't, you know, eventually you'll run out of uh, usefulness. But for some first level plokes, I think low grade silver rapier is... A king's ransom, if you will. All right, we're going to keep moving on in the same formation as the last. Okay, you're all healed up. And you're going to go down the tunnel. Yep. The tunnel beyond the snake's lair twists and turns for a great distance. After another hour of going very slowly, you detect a faint natural light up ahead, and the air is becoming noticeably clearer, smelling vaguely of grass. After another 30 minutes of travel, you can feel that it's going to open up into a larger cave mouth. And it does. It goes around the corner into a cave mouth. What do you do? Same as before. Sneak around. Check around. 
tunnel you have been traversing opens into a cave, and you can see a forest beyond the cave's mouth. The roots of a large tree block the middle of this entrance, as if the tree has grown into a hillside and has since eroded away. Beyond the tree is a large pond. The pond. The path around the water begins to one side beneath a curtain of moss hanging from a tree. The cave itself is piled high with two rows of neatly stacked crates and boxes. Let's check that map again. Does this look like the pond and the drop-off point? You look at the map, and you are not quite sure. This map sucks. <laughs> it's cruelly drawn. And there is natural light here. In fact, I'm going to show you the rest. This leads outside. So who's that by that tree? That's the guy. In front of you is a rough-looking man. He's bald and has a prominent scar running down his face. He's wearing filthy leather armor and wields a nasty-looking dagger. He sees you. Does he? Yep. I'm so sneaky, though. You were sneaky, but he was a little bit better. His perception is really high. Oh, okay. Plus, he knew you were coming. Of course. <laughs> he of was course. expecting this. Uh, he said, I wondered when Bort's lackeys would arrive. Let's do this. Oh, the bully wants to dance. Let's dance. I like when it is cut and paste. Roll for combat! Ooh. Yeah. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Pathfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us and play various role-playing games on our Discord channel at discord.rollforcombat.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other social media platforms. You've been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, if you run out of range of your party healer, it's your own damn fault, and you deserve to die.